Hey friends, welcome to Nathan for Us, a Nathan for You rewatch podcast. My name is Kelly. And hi, I'm Megan. And today we are covering episode four of Nathan for You. This one is Gas Station slash Caricature Artist. This episode has one of my favorite segments of all time. How about you? I really like this one. I kind of forgot what happened in it. And then as soon as it started up with the gas station and the rebate whole plot, I was like, oh, yes, yes, this is good. This is very good. Yeah, same. I had only remembered the caricature one, but I had just been saying that to myself all week. Like, oh, we're going to do the caricature episode um, on Nathan this week. And then when I pulled it up to watch, I was like, oh, yeah. So it was a delightful surprise. Yeah, I think we've kind of realized through doing this podcast that a lot of the first segments are stronger than the second segments, which is kind of funny. Um, But yeah, it's almost like Nathan for you front loads the episodes with the better segment in the beginning. So we do kick off this episode by meeting Daniel Ishikian, who is the manager of Seven Gas Station, is how I'm going to pronounce it, S-E-V-A-N Gas Station in Burbank, California. He is absolutely hilarious. I guess he gets really funny later on in the episode, but essentially his issue is that he can't compete with big companies' prices, and Nathan points out that gas is even more expensive than champagne, so in case you were wondering, uh, we have these facts, and what Nathan wants to do is he wants to charge $175 per gallon um, after rebate. And so he starts explaining this to Daniel and Daniel thinks that this is a utopia and you will never see uh, gas for that price. Yeah, so he's very, very unimpressed with Nathan's pitch until Nathan continues, wait, wait, it's $175 after a rebate, but the catch is that the rebate is very, very difficult to get. So in order to get your gas rebate, you're going to need to climb to the top of a mountain to drop it off in the rebate box. Yeah, and he even has additional tasks that they need to do that are written in really tiny writing at the bottom. So yes, they have to count Mount Chileo, but if you read the fine print, they also have to answer riddles, stay overnight, and it takes about an hour and a half just to even get to the base of the mountain. So overall, it's like a 24-hour journey full of riddles and searching for these riddles. It's quite a task. So once he explains that basically people will have to do all this crazy stuff in order to get the rebate, Daniel is immediately on board with this plan. And we hear a little bit more about what's going to happen, which is basically that Nathan is planning to bust people over to the mountain for them to start this journey. And it's going to happen like immediately after the the days over at the gas station. Yeah, so throughout the day, we kind of see people buying the gas and the price really works. There's a lineup down the street. You can see that they're all waiting to get to this gas station. Um, And as people are coming in to pay, people are upset, but they don't do too much to say that, you know, this is the price it should be. Simply, Daniel explains that, no, it's a rebate. And if you want to get that rebate, you're more than welcome to. And so Nathan has organized a free shuttle that anybody who wants to go and hike the mountain, it leaves in the evening and it's about an hour and a half away. Yeah, and there's one particular person during the scene where they're showing everyone coming into the gas station to ask about the rebate 
that I really want to dig into, which is this woman who's in like a bright aqua colored polo and she's wearing a white visor and she pulls out a magnifying glass to look at the rebate. Okay. Okay. I, I also wrote this down and I bolded it because I was like, we need to talk about this magnifying glass because I thought it was hilarious that she had it, but I'm actually pretty sure that Nathan had it and he was giving it to people for the fine oh, print. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. Someone else also used it, but I was really excited at first too. It was so funny. I was like, does this woman just carry a magnifying glass in her purse? Is that a good accessory? It's it's not a bad one. I mean, I personally have pretty bad vision as documented on this podcast, I believe. So I might actually need one, to be fair. Are you nearsighted or farsighted? I'm whichever one you can't see things far away from you. So then I don't think a magnifying glass would help. I think magnifying glasses are for, like, little print in front of you. Yeah, and, like, Sherlock Holmes. (laughs) For looking dope. (laughs) So, throughout the day, it turns out that there are eight people who are, uh, as Nathan phrases it, cheap enough to try to climb a mountain for this rebate. And that's more than they were expecting. I don't know if he expected anyone to do it. Would you climb a mountain for a rebate? During the day, we see a couple people who say like, oh, I've never been up there or like, oh, I love hiking, which I think might be me. It'd be like, well, you're going to bust me out there and like lead me on a guided hike. That that sounds kind of fun. Yeah, actually, I was going to say the same thing. So If I only thought that it was this really far away hike at first, because normally when you need gas, it's like you're on your way to something in my case. And I'm like, okay, I need to go get gas because I have to go do this thing. Um, But if you knew you were free, I think it would be a little bit more enticing. The other thing is uh, a lot of people didn't know about the camping and riddles part which I think really adds to the experience. So I think if I had known that ahead of time, I would be a lot more drawn to go. Yeah, totally. He does say directly as well that like his goal with this was to create a completely legal rebate that no one would ever be able to claim. Um, I guess we can get into later if he was successful with that. But it is a good goal. I like it when you're the first person to do something. Yes, he's a real trailblazer, Nathan. Mm Mm-hmm. So these eight people take the hour and a half long shuttle to the base of the mountain. And as they're walking up it, we get these flashes on screen of these brief interviews that show the amount that their rebate would be worth. Yeah, I kind of think maybe we should go through all eight of these. I've labeled them as players. Okay, yeah, we can call them players. Yeah, I've also noted how much their rebate was for. So maybe we can just go through quickly their names and how much their rebate was for. Sure. So we have... Sashan, I believe is how you pronounce it. His rebate is for $27.14. Kate with $16.49. Michael with $27.51. And then we have kind of our three star stars of the show, I'm going to call them, which is Lori, who's got a $15.82 rebate, Ray with a $10.91 rebate, and Elizabeth with a $22.15 rebate. So really the 27s are the people who we would expect to stick around the longest, but actually Michael and Shashan leave fairly quickly. Yeah, and I think that there's a couple people who we don't actually end up getting their name and their amount, which is kind of a bummer. 
I would be interested to know how low someone would go to get this rebate. But I also think that people who have $16, they're really going there for the experience and the hike and probably not for the money. Yeah, for sure. So two hours into the hike and still all eight people are there. And we start to get some riddles. I did write down all the riddles so we can go through them quickly if we like. Um, The first one we do get the answer to in the show And it is, I've been resting for a million years, but I never sleep. I'm a kind of music, but out here, I do not make a peep. What did we think of this riddle? So we'll get to the other riddles, but when he reads the first two riddles, and the answer is rock for both of them, I was like, were all of the answers rock? (laughs) Yes, I would die if all of them were. Um, The answer to the riddle that we do not hear the conclusion of, I don't think is rock. No, I don't think so either. But yeah, I don't think that this is like a terrible riddle. It's pretty good. Easy enough. I like that the next clue is going to be under a rock because they are on a hiking trail on a mountain. So there are ostensibly many rocks around. So it's a little, a little difficult. Yes. Yeah, so after someone says the answer rock, Nathan says, great. Yes, correct. So the next riddle is under a rock. And after about an hour of riddles, this is when people start dropping out. It then flashes to six hours later, and we get another riddle. Again, as Kelly mentioned, it has that answer rock again, and it says, I'm round and hard, in water I sink deep, but if you do me to a baby, he surely shall sleep. Um, At that point, we don't actually get an answer. Yeah, I did want to touch on one person who left after the one hour of riddles, which is the unnamed person who has to go take an exam, which is worth 30% of his grade. Oh my gosh. I couldn't imagine leaving to go on a hike when you have a 30% exam the next day. I'd for sure be home studying. That'd be so stressful. And Nathan's like, oh yeah, dude, you should probably go. And it's like he wasn't even sure if he should leave. Yeah. And we don't know how much his rebate was for because he wasn't one of the people listed, but like, there's no way it was worth it. Like, I know you're a student and you know, we've all been students and been broke before, but like, come on, 30% of your grade. Yeah. And Nathan keeps saying like, okay, dude, you should probably go. And he's like, oh, but I really want that rebate. And Nathan just says nothing and sends him away. Yeah, I just need more information on that guy. I want to know how his test went. I hope he did well. I need to know what he's studying. Like, what is up with this guy? He's he's very compelling. I'm sure we could find him on IMDb. I'm going to pull it up really quick. So while we were on IMDb trying to figure out who this mysterious student was so we could find out more about him, we found out that Sashin is an actor and he has like a kind of a long filmography. So do you want to take a look through this quick? Yeah, so Sashin has been in a bunch of movies. His known for, it looks like he's mainly a writer. He wrote something called Fermi, and then he was in a movie called Yatri, The Traveler, and Victor Crowell's Victory, which I have not seen any of those. However, it looks like he was in Terminator Sarah Connor Chronicles TV show, and Transformers Revenge of the Fallen for an uncredited role. This is pretty exciting. Maybe we should watch one of his movies one day. Yeah, I mean, definitely an interesting uh, filmography we've got here. The Lost Michelle Obama Tapes. Good for him. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Um, But I would be interested to know how many people who we think are random characters on Nathan are actually actors or people trying to be actors. 
Yeah, I mean, just even looking at the IMDb, it does have every single person who was in the episode, like, including the random people who just went on the hike. So clearly this is, like, a great way if you're trying to get your uh, your your SAG card, you just need to pop on a couple eps <laughs> of Nathan. Yeah. I mean, it, it's done, but um, maybe one day he'll reopen it again. Maybe he can get someone else uh, to take over his role incognito. He'll talk to them through an earpiece. I think we know who it would be. It'd have to be our friend Simon from last episode. So after our six hours into the hike, we do get that second riddle where the answer is also rock. And we start getting people who are a little bit upset. So Lori, who is a woman who had originally said that she's a mom and she doesn't have to pick up her kid until the next day at 3 p.m., she starts getting kind of pissed off at Nathan for all of this. Yeah, Lori is a little bit upset, but she calms down really quickly. So Nathan tells her that, you know, she can't get upset at him and that that's not appropriate. And she very quickly switches to, you know what, then I'm just going to stay as long as it takes. And she really calms down and switches gears. So while he's reading riddles, he mentions that, you know, it's getting a little dark. He's having a harder time reading the riddles. Lori offers to read them for him. And he says, no, why don't we just continue this in the morning. And at this point, everyone realizes that they are expected to stay overnight. So they pull out tents and they make a campfire and we have our last three people. And we see Nathan, you know, he is the hunk and he is playing guitar, serenading uh, the rest of the people there. Yeah, so our three players left over are Lori, who is the mom, as we discussed. We've got Ray, who we will talk about in a bit because I have many thoughts. And Elizabeth, who in the original kind of meeting of Nathan at the gas station was like, oh, I love hiking. So she's probably having a great time. But yeah, Nathan pulls out a guitar and he serenades everyone with Won't Be the Same, which is some royalty-free music. So now this is one of the greatest montages I've ever seen, like period. It's just a great collection of campfire songs. And then we flash to Ray and Ray starts discussing alternative medicine and how natural paths would encourage you to drink urine. Now, if uh, his natural path told him to drink urine, he said he would. I don't even think I have to ask this question. Neither of us would drink urine no matter who recommended it. No. And no matter whose urine it is either. Yeah, definitely not. I think that I'd have to be like stranded in a desert. You're going to die. This is the only liquid you can find kind of scenario to, to get to that. I don't even think I would go there then. But I do find it very funny that seemingly two out of the four people at the campfire would drink urine. Yeah, they seem to nod along and think that this is, like, a very reasonable thing to say. Yeah, is this, like, a California thing? And, like, Ray's whole argument is that it can cure anything. He's like, you can drink urine to cure whatever. Yeah, we can maybe get into some of his posts today um, at the end of the episode. But he seems to think that we're all being a little ridiculous washing our hands from the germs. But, you know... Oh, man. I'm not surprised at all. I wanted to make that assumption, but I was like, oh, I can't say that. I don't want to be rude. Well, I'm here to tell you your assumption was correct. And I don't know how much I want to tear this person apart, but we believe in different things. 
So we also learn another interesting little tidbit about Ray, which is that he is being investigated for arson. This was alarming. Yeah, by the major crime squad. The major crime squad. How is Nathan not so uncomfortable that they're sitting around a fire and they're going to be sleeping in tents and you know that this man is being investigated for arson? Next, they get into the fact that he has been wearing his wedding ring for 25 years, but he has not spoken to his wife in 23 years. Ray, take the ring off. She's not interested. Yeah, I mean, this really, really makes me wonder, will drinking urine, will it heal a broken heart? (laughs) (laughs) This montage kind of shows or tries to show like these people really bonding at this overnight camping experience. We see Lori starts crying and is sharing uh, like her heart with everyone. And then it cuts to them playing spin the bottle and being really uh, like sheepish and joking and spinning it and uh, just getting really nervous around each other, which I thought was really fun. I thought it was a great part of the episode. I loved it. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Nathan also wakes up at 4.15 a.m. and decides he's going to play a prank on the girls' tent. So he goes into their tent and sprays shaving cream on Elizabeth's hand while she's asleep. Yeah, he, like, tickles her nose with some grass, and she hypothetically would smack herself in the face, but she was awake, like, the whole time he was doing it. Um, but it's really endearing to see them, like, run around playing these games, joking around it. It's it's hilarious. Yeah, I've never gone to, like, a camp. I, I've gone camping with friends, I guess, but never at an age where I think I would prank people. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. Oh, yeah, definitely. I went to two camps growing up. I went to one uh, called Camp Minioe, uh, and then I went to one that was called Muskoka Woods. And at both of them, you know, you you would just like, it's just a very camp culture thing. It was nothing ever harmful. I don't know if people would want to spring things on other people's faces, but um, like, I think a very common one is putting a canoe full of water in someone's uh, cabin. Uh, we would just run around playing like little pranks all the time. Nice. My brother was like a prolific prankster growing up. I was a competitive swimmer for my entire life, basically. And my brother, who's six years older than me, he and I would go on trips together often for different swim meets. And when we were staying in hotels, he loved to prank the girls' rooms. So, like, one time they went to a pet store that was really close to where we were staying, and they bought a bunch of crickets, and they let crickets out in the girls' rooms. Oh, my God. That's such a nightmare. I would hate that. I know another time they also bought a bunch of goldfish and they put goldfish in the girls' water bottles, like, while they weren't looking. My brother was relentless. I feel like that one is so rattling. But yeah, so we get a little prank action. And then in the morning, when everyone gets up, Nathan also makes them breakfast, which is very nice. I'm like, oh, this probably would have been all worth it to get breakfast, to be honest. Yeah, the food that they were given, I'm assuming dinner and breakfast, probably amounted to more than their rebate anyway. Now, Nathan starts the day off and saying, all right, guys, like, riddle time, baby. Pulls out a riddle, and he said, my cousin holds ice cream, my uncle reroutes traffic, you can find a wreath made up out of me in your grandma's attic. 
Now, I think that this is the one riddle that the answer is not rock. Yeah, it's got to be pine cone, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So I thought that this was a great riddle. But before anyone has a chance to answer, well, Ray guesses Santa Claus, which um, is a bad guess. But Nathan says, you know, to be honest with you guys, like, this is never going to end. Like, I'm just going to keep asking riddles. And then he ends up turning into this, like, long speech when the three of them, oh, yeah, we guessed that. And he says, you know, when I began this, I never thought I would meet three people with so much free time and that I would bond with so well. And over the past few hours, I've gotten to know you guys so well. And I got something so much better than a rebate. I got friendship. So let's go down this mountain and take that to the bank instead of the rebate. And they all laugh and they head back down the mountain. And then the camera zooms in on the rebate box behind them. Unreal. I would be absolutely crushed watching that afterwards. Oh my God, I would be so pissed, but like yeah. so well executed by Nathan. I know that we talk about him going to one of Canada's top business schools often, but like we don't talk about Nathan's acting chops enough. And wow, he really, really pulls this one off. Oh my God, he's just an unbelievable actor. He's flawless. And then, okay, so this part right at the end, this is one of the funnier moments in the whole episode. No, 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 this is arguably the funniest moment in Nathan for you. Not just in the episode, possibly in the whole series. This moment is everything. <laughs> Let's set this up. So Nathan brings back the rebate box to our friend Daniel. Daniel opens it and sees that there's one rebate. The rebate is Nathan's for $16.54. And Daniel's kind of like, oh, you want, you want a rebate? And Nathan's like, yes, I would like a rebate. And then Nathan proceeds to talk about the people that he met and how they became friends. And he's like, yeah, and I met one guy who um, said to drink pee to get better. And Daniel is very, very curious about this idea. And he's like, oh, who's pee? Nathan's like, I don't know, anyone's, I guess. And then Daniel inexplicably starts explaining that he has drank his grandson's pee <laughs> and that this is a thing. <laughs> Yeah, I do not know. I do not know how anyone keeps a straight face. I feel like Nathan was trying to get this hilarious reaction out of Daniel, like the shock that he was hearing someone would drink pee. And then Nathan completely flips it on him and is explaining that his grandson's pee is very clean and that his grandmother told him about it. And if you go and ask any of your grandparents, they'll tell you the same thing. And anytime you're feeling nervous or or unwell that you should drink any little kid's pee really and that the prime age is below five this is so wild and for the first time we see nathan almost lose it like he's fully laughing yeah i did see an ama where he said that this was like the hardest to keep a straight face throughout the series like that this moment was just so difficult to get through. It is shocking as a viewer to hear this man talk about how his grandparents told him that he needs to drink a little kid's pee to cure anything. Yeah. I've never heard this. Oh, me neither. I'm glad my parents or grandparents do not have this belief. I was debating like if we should call my mom live and ask her what she thinks about this. Oh my god. 
Absolutely. <laughs> Call Sherry. Hello? Hi. Hi, what's wrong? Nothing. Are you awake? Yeah, why? I have a weird question for you. Okay. Have you ever heard that you should drink <laughs> a child's pee under the age of five? Never in my life. <laughs> why? Megan and I were just wondering. We were watching a show and they were talking about it, and I just wanted to confirm that this wasn't some sort of weird superstition or something, because I know you're really big on superstitions. Yeah, no, I haven't heard that one. Okay, that's all. Oh, thank goodness. I thought it was something bad. (laughs) No, everything's fine. Okay, good. Love you. Love you, too. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Oh, Sherry. <laughs> oh, what a sweetheart. Getting all worried at your late night call. What a cutie patootie. So there you go. My mom is really into superstitions and she says this is not a thing. Yeah, I don't even have to call my mom. My mom would say absolutely not. <laughs> I was like, maybe, maybe this is something we've never discussed and maybe she'll be like, yes, we should all be doing this. So we did learn through this segment that, you know... Three out of five people on the show would drink pee. So there you go. That's too high of a percentage. So in our second segment of the show, Nathan helps a caricature artist become more relevant by amping up his insult comedy. So here we meet Greg Dolan, who is a caricature artist, and apparently he's struggling to make a name for himself. He's been drawing since 1989 and has been trying to get recognized for his art. Now, Nathan says that you need to keep up with the trends, and right now, insult comedy is really trendy when you take it to the extreme. So to showcase this, they show clips of Comedy Central roasts so that Greg can see what is currently funny and popular. So I have once participated in a roast of a friend of ours at his fraternity formal He was the president, and I basically did a roast with another friend, and essentially, I thought it was a roast, but it maybe just made him look cooler to all the guys, because it was mostly me just joking about all of the different girls that he boned. Yeah, that sounds kind of like more more of a compliment. <laughs> but if you're if you're gonna be the king of sting, which is what we rebrand Greg to, you got to be a little bit more ruthless. Because as we learn, uh, Greg takes it from zero to hundred real quick. There was a point when I was watching this where I was like, should I suggest to Meg that we roast each other? And then as soon as I realized how bad some of Greg's characters get I thought oh maybe no maybe we don't want to do that this week oh man do you want to try to explain some of these yeah for sure so basically the first thing that Nathan comes up with is he's like let's draw something edgy to represent this couple so the picture Greg draws for this couple is that it's Greg and he's standing behind the woman and his pants are down So you can kind of fill in the blanks on your own. Meanwhile, the boyfriend is looking at a hummingbird and saying, that's a huge penis. So if you were given this caricature, if you and Colin went to get one done, and this is what they handed you, what would you say? 
so I would be a little thrown off. Like, I would wonder if the character artist was, like, trying to hit on me or something. And one of the things that I thought when I first saw this was, like, okay, do hummingbirds have really big dicks compared to their body? Yeah, he does anytime when he talks about a character in his drawings having a little dick. It's like a hummingbird with a dick talking to him. Because I guess the assumption is that hummingbirds have really small ones. But in these photos, you can still see it, which would be pretty big for a hummingbird. Yeah, and so obviously I had to look this up, right? Like, I... (laughs) Oh, I mean, I did not feel that way, but tell me more. Okay, I needed to know... Like, I was like, maybe hummingbirds have huge dicks compared to their size. Like, I am a scientist, you know. I can look things up and be... I can be mature about this. And apparently, they don't actually have external penises. I think you need to explain a little bit more. They have internal penises? (laughs) No. Okay. (laughs) Let me teach you a little bit about hummingbird reproduction right now. Wow. (laughs) Was this what you expected when we started this podcast today? No, but I also didn't think I'd learn anything throughout this podcast. So, you know what? I thought you were going to say, I did not expect it. Oh, (laughs) I I should have expected it, which is the correct answer. So, first of all, hummingbird sex lasts only three to five seconds. And male hummingbirds have no external penis, so there's no actual penetration. Instead, the male presses his cloaca. So for anyone who doesn't know, a cloaca is basically, like, the butt. Like, it's, like, what a chicken has. No one knows what that is. Of course you have to explain that. So a cloaca is basically an opening. It's kind of like a butt. So when you see a chicken laying laying an egg, it's coming out of their cloaca. So they rub cloacas? So the male presses his cloaca against the females, and then the sperm just swims along into the female's cloaca. You know, I was actually talking about pregnancy today, and how, just in terms of, like, how it's actually something difficult for people to do, as opposed to how health teachers would want you to believe that, like, even being near a penis would make you pregnant. And I feel like for hummingbirds, it's true. Just kind of being pretty darn close to it, you can get pregnant in, like, three seconds. Yeah, it's very odd. Very alarming. You'd have to, like, really be wary of those male hummingbirds, like, sneaking up on you. Yeah, get that cloaca away from me, you perv. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's that's your fun fact for the day. But I had huge in my notes, look up hummingbird penis during this scene. So there you go. We are an educational podcast, it turns out. One of the other people that he decides to draw is a quote-unquote Asian businessman. And I'm just going to preface this by saying I am simply describing what... Greg has drawn, which is obviously problematic. I don't think that we really even need to explain further than that, but Greg has drawn a very, very racist caricature of a Chinese person who is holding chopsticks, and it says Pearl Harbor, and then it says, quote-unquote, your name in Asian with a bunch of, like, fake Asian characters. Yeah, this is a lot to unpack, and I... Like, we're not here 
to say any of this is clearly incorrect because I think it's very blatantly obvious that he's trying to be offensive. He's been branded the king of Sting and kind of lets every person know that sits down for the caricature, like, I'm going to try to offend you in, like, a very aggressive way. And he does, I would say. I think everyone took it so much better than I thought, actually. Yeah, it's very surprising that people take it so well. So Greg then, after kind of doing these test drawings, goes out to the Santa Monica Pier to try and actually sell some and to see if that'll kind of drum up business for him. Yeah, so the first guy, very unnotable. Basically, Greg just calls him a loser because his interests are kind of boring. So the second guy that we get is kind of like a jock-looking guy. I think he was wearing, like, a baseball hat, and he was in, like, a tank top. And so Greg draws him buying date rape pills or actually getting a refill on his date rape pills. Yeah, so he's got a backwards cap, and he takes this very well. He's, like, laughing really hard and is like, oh, yeah, this is great. And I was like, oof. (laughs) I feel like you can't put that picture anywhere. Yeah, I don't know what you would do with that, honestly. Yeah, to be fair, most of these, I don't know where you would put them. Like, look, friends, I'm getting date rate pill refills. It's like, <laughs> oh, wait, what? Hey, mom, check this out. Mm-hmm. So the third picture, he basically just draws the same couple photo that we saw in the original meeting with Nathan, but he adds I'm gay to this one. Oh, man, the couple absolutely loved it. They were laughing so hard. That that was fun to see them enjoying it so much. It made it less offensive because they didn't take it that way and they thought it was hilarious. Yeah, for sure. And then we get a man who has a puppy. And basically, <laughs> Greg draws him with the puppy putting it in the guy's pooper. And the man is saying, you trained me to do this. Yeah, yeah, the guy laughs, um, so that's good. Yeah, at least he gets a kick out of it. Yeah, everyone seems to be taking it really well. There's kind of become a little group of onlookers who are also watching the caricatures, and they all seem to be laughing and watching and kind of pointing together, which it's great that everyone takes it so well, you know, like it would have been a much harder thing to watch if people's feelings got hurt and they were offended, but because everyone was in such good spirits about everything, it was it was much easier to watch. Yeah, and one of the funnier ones as well is, like, the man who is performing auto fellatio and it says lunchtime, and he's, like, with his family, and his whole oh family is laughing at him. <laughs> yeah, they're, like absolutely keeling over crying they're laughing so hard and i don't even know how greg kept a straight face when handing him that photo i would have lost my mind but yeah this guy you can't even see his face like what good is the portrait yeah it's very specific i'm not sure what their conversation was beforehand where he was like ah (laughs) i know what to draw like i don't know if it relates to him specifically at all or um if he was like i definitely want to draw one guy blowing himself and this is going to be the guy oh my god yeah we need to break down what this conversation could have been maybe greg is like hey what if you had one thing that you could make a genie wish what would it be Yo, man, I would definitely want to blow myself. 
I think that must have been the conversation, right? I mean, that would be a horrible genie wish, right? I don't know. That's a waste. I've never been able to blow myself, so it's hard to say. I guess I do not know exactly what that would be like, but I'm going to say you can wish for something better. I'm like really breaking down the hypothetical conversation upset with this guy for picking this wish in a conversation that didn't happen. I'm like, dude, how could you pick that? World peace, no. I would like to be able to suck my own dick, please, and thank you. So, you know, maybe it wasn't Greg's idea. He was just like, the guy's telling me what he wants. It's his dream, Megan. Yeah, and his family seems to think that's hilarious. They're very supportive. Yeah, very supportive. I don't know if I would show something like that to my whole family. Because, like, it wasn't just his wife. Like, there was a whole group of them. Yeah, it looked like one of his kids might have been there. Like, I don't know. Dad, what are you doing? (laughs) Are you doing yoga? (laughs) So at this point, we get to Nathan asking Greg to draw him now in the King of Sting manner. And he's really like, Greg, go hard on me. Like, go as hard as you possibly can. So we have Nathan's grandfather up in heaven um, looking down on Nathan, saying that he's disappointed in him. And we have a hummingbird, again, with a tiny pecker, looking at Nathan's uh, dead grandfather, saying, and I thought mine was small. And Nathan gets this and looks at it and is really sad. Or he's at least acting very sad. Yeah, he says, you know, my grandfather is, like, a Canadian war hero, and, like, this is just very upsetting to look at. And we have no idea if Nathan is being serious or just playing this up, but I assume probably playing this up. Now, in a lot of Nathan For You Reddit and Facebook groups, I've noticed that a lot of people really don't like this scene. And people, when talking about Greg, will say, you know, like, I think he's a funny guy, but it was really tasteless, him depicting Nathan's grandfather like this. And I guess the only thing I have to say to that is I'm I'm going to assume that they discussed it beforehand. Yeah. Because how would he know that his grandfather had passed away um, or or it seemed like a very weird person to insert into a photo Um, or a caricature if you didn't know specifically about it before. Yeah, I'd say so. I hope so. (laughs) Also, not to be like, what's worse than the other, but like, the, the Asian caricature was way worse than this one. Like, way more offensive. Yeah, they're all in general offensive, and... Yeah, I'm I'm going to say that he didn't come up with this on his own. Um, but Nathan kind of sadly walks off and Greg doesn't really say anything. Or if he does say something, they, they cut it out. I assume he wouldn't let Nathan walk away silently. <laughs> Just <laughs> yeah. sad. He'd probably be like, hey, man, what's wrong? I'm sorry, I can draw a different one. Yeah, and that's kind of the end of the episode. I love this episode. It's definitely my favorite one of the season so far, I think. At least the hiking segment. That one is just one of my favorite segments of all time. Yes, and I do have an update on Seven Gas Burbank, if you're interested. (laughs) Imagine I said no. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, like, a gas station is a little less exciting than, you know, the stores and the restaurants and stuff, but whatever. No, no, I... 
this one was one of the best um, ideas. I wonder if any business kept doing it afterwards. Like I know Greg is still the king of Sting and he still does offensive characters. I'm assuming that they're not still doing the incredibly difficult rebate to get to. So unfortunately they are not because they are permanently closed. Man, so many businesses. Well, we'll, I think we've mentioned this before, but at the end of the season, we'll probably rank all the segments and go back and talk about the amount of businesses that are open versus closed and kind of do an overall review. And I feel like it's kind of hard to close a gas station because the pumps are just in the ground and it takes a lot of like remediation to be able to rezone it for something different, so... Yeah, I'm going to assume that just a different, bigger gas station that could offer lower prices um, just bought them out. I, I'm i going to assume that most gas stations are just rebought by different gas stations. Yeah, it's hard to tell on Google Maps, but it is gone, and it did not have great reviews, unfortunately. But what can you do? I don't even... I have never reviewed a gas station. I probably never will. I don't even know what to really review them on. Typically, they're all self-serve, so it's like you're, you're giving yourself bad service. I don't really... Do you have any of the reviews? Like, what could be negative? I guess if it's unclean. A lot of people said it was unclean, and a lot of people said they had really rude staff. I'm, like, very distracted on the Google Maps near the gas station, and there's, like, a donut shop that looks really good. So we do also have kind of an update, I guess, on Greg, the King of Sting, So, yeah, you can follow Greg on Instagram if you want. He's at Greg Dolan, G-R-E-G-D-O-H-L-E-N. And Greg does do King of Sting portraits if you're interested in those. Yeah, he is very active on any Nathan For You groups. He responds very quickly on his Instagram or Twitter, and he's actively doing the caricatures, so if you're interested, you can reach out to him and get one of those done. All right, well, I think that's all we've got for this episode. This is a pretty fun one. Yeah, very fun. We have a lot of bucket list items to to knock off after this. You know, we have some hikes to do, we have some donuts to eat, and we are all a little bit smarter because now we are educated on hummingbirds. If you would like to rate and review the podcast, that would be amazing. You can do that on Apple Podcasts, and we will give you a shout-out if you do so. We definitely want to give a shout-out to our pal Navi, who did write us a review and said, Kelly and Megan are so much fun on the show to understand the vibe of the show and their energy matches the wackiness that is Nathan for you. Nathan for us so far has been a great companion piece for the show, and I can't wait for the next episode. Which is so sweet, and I was so excited when I saw that. Oh my god, Navi! Oh my goodness. So, um, I don't know how to see our reviews right now, so that's my first time hearing it, and I am blushing. Navi is such a sweetheart. Ah, she actually just came out with a new podcast, so Kelly, if you want to chat about that for a second, I'd love for us to plug it. Yeah, definitely check out Navi's podcast. They're doing a Phineas and Ferb rewatch. It's called What You Doing, and you can follow them What You Doing at What You Doing Pod on Twitter to check in what's going on over there. If you do review us um, and you're not in Canada, please shoot me or Meg or the Nathan for Us Pod a Twitter message or an Instagram DM because we won't be able to read those. Just send us a screenshot and we'll definitely read it and shout you out on the podcast. 
Yeah, we have been so excited seeing all the different places our listeners are coming in from. So every week, I'm just going to give a shout out to a place. So shout out to everyone from Singapore listening. That's so cool. Um, If you want to shoot us a hello, again, as Kelly mentioned, you can reach us on any of our socials. We'd love to say hi and hear how you even heard of us. So thanks so much for listening this week. This is Kelly and Megan on your side.